Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. Welcome to Courageous Church. We are a courageous church for courageous people just like you. And uh, we're so excited that you've decided to join us today and our construction site. We are actually really building a church right now. Uh, that ought to get you really excited. That ought to make you filled with Jesus' joy, knowing that you are a part of a church that is building the kingdom of God, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so we're here in this site now. We're not ready for church. As you can see, we're still doing the work that needs to be done to get this room right. But I promise you, soon and very soon, we're going to be together in this space. But we thought we would take advantage of this new series that we're in called Under Construction and go ahead and do a service while we're still under construction. So I want you to type in the chat right now, under construction, under construction. Do that for me really, really, really quick. Under construction. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. Y'all see I got the hard hat and everything. I wanted to make sure I was ready and right for what God wanted to do today. And so I'm just excited because I know that God is up to something at Courageous Church. That is beyond me. That is beyond you. And that is beyond who we are as human beings. There's something supernatural that's happening and that's brewing underneath the barriers here that we cannot see. There's a whole world that is happening right now above our heads that's spiritual. And I'm just so happy that God has given us the ability to play a very small part in what he's doing here in the city of Tampa through Courageous Church. Hey, listen, I want to remind you guys that next week we're going to be back in person at the JCC. That's right, the Brian Glacier Jewish Community Service, Jewish Community Center, not Jewish Community Service, Jewish Community Center. And I want to make sure you know that we're going to be physically in person. So if you're watching us from online and you're a part of our online family and you watch us from somewhere else other than Tampa, you're cool to watch online. But if you live in Tampa, you need to come on and meet us at the JCC at 1030. It's going to be great. We're going to continue this series under construction. And I want to remind you guys, as Pastor Crystal mentioned at the very, very beginning of the service, don't forget this is, this is still an opportunity for you to sow and for you to give. I want to remind you, we started out as an as a e-church for the first six months of this experience. And so we've done this before. We know how to feed people through the online uh, uh, way. And so I want you to lean in. I want you to get your pen and paper ready. I want you to put that iPad or that phone somewhere where you can see it. And uh, I, I hope that when we were worshiping, you were saying hallelujah. As we were saying hallelujah, you were singing the songs with us because we're at church just like always. And it's just a different way of having that experience. Thank God for digital means as we're working through all of the things necessary to get us into this physical building. We might do this a couple of times. So just get used to this and a warm-up to it because I promise you, God is going to feed you. Listen, if he fed Elijah through ravens, he can feed you through an online stream service. And so don't discount the stream. I promise you we will be back together physically. We value in person, but we're working through some construction. And as soon as we get through it all, we won't ever have to cancel service again until Jesus comes back. Somebody say amen online right now. Amen. Yeah, come on now. I, I brought my amen corner with me in the room. You might hear them every so often when the word gets good. I told them to shout me down and do everything but throw your shoe at me because if you throw the shoe at me, I might throw it back at you because I'm from the hood. Amen. 
Yes, yes. And so I'm excited. Hey, do me a favor as we're getting ready to go into this very first message. I want you to do me a favor and press the share button. If you're watching us on our YouTube, do me a favor, press that link where you can copy the link and send it to somebody. Somebody needs to hear this under construction message that is about to be preached. If you're watching us on our website, take that link and send it to somebody. Be a, be a digital evangelist this morning and share this message with somebody who needs to hear a word from Jesus because he's in the building, and I promise you he has a word that will change not just your life, but the person that you send it to. Come on now, take a moment, ask the Lord, who do you want me to send this link to? Who, who needs to hear a word this morning? Don't watch church alone. I hope you're watching from watching parties. I hope you're watching in your pajamas and your PJs and you got your coffee and all that good stuff, but most importantly, I hope that you're ready to receive from the Lord. If you can, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. I have but one verse to kick this sermon series off called Under Construction. I have one verse to kick this off with, and it is very fitting for the very first message that we're going to do. The Lord has really spoken to me very clearly about what I should say and I'm just excited. I just believe there's some, some prophetic things that God is going to release in us before we get into this physical building. And I really need you to lean in and write what God is saying to you because I believe he's going to say some very specific things that's going to prepare your heart, your mind, and your spirit man for what God is getting ready to do in this next season of Courageous Church. It's 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. That's 1 Corinthians chapter, actually, I'm sorry. Go to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 another time. But I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And I'm going to read this in the New King James Version. I know you guys have heard this before, but I'm going to read it. And uh, I know you've heard it, but I want you to shout me down anyway. you got to shout me down anyway because we haven't even installed the air conditioning in this place. And I'm going to push through this heat, and I'm going to give you this heat in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to get this work today because Jesus got something to say. Bars. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's the New King James Version. Listen to how it reads in the NLT. That's the New Living Translation. Listen to this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Ain't that good, Michael? Yeah, that's good. That's Campbell's soup good right there. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I want to preach to you guys for the next few minutes from the subject matter, demolition day. Demolition day. If we're under construction and we're going to do this in order, everything that starts first has to be torn down. The old has to be torn out to make way for what God is getting ready to do that is new. Let's pray. Awesome God. Breathe on this word today, Jesus. I sense the power of the Holy Spirit wanting to minister to people's hearts today about some area of life that is under construction that demo work needs to be done in. My God, Father, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, the convictor, the peacemaker, the grace giver, the anointed one. Let the power of the Holy Spirit move so strong through this message that people's lives are challenged to change. I thank you 
I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. And I bless your name for what you're getting ready to do in this place, in this live stream, while people are watching, right there in their homes. Do it for them while they sit on their couch and receive this word. In the matchless mighty name that is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're watching, write amen in the chat if you agree just with that prayer alone. My goodness gracious, I'm ready to preach. Listen, uh, as, we get, as we come into this, this season, this, this, this place, I'm standing in what will be our future church home. This place is going to be filled with people who will come to know Jesus Christ. This place is going to be filled with people who will be discipled to understand their purpose and their destiny. This place is going to be a sanctuary that people can call home, that they can come and bring their soul care and lean into. And when I first came to look at this building, I looked at it and I said to myself, this place has potential. Yeah, it has potential. You should have saw me six months ago when I first checked it out. I walked in, and, and I didn't see, I didn't see the 42-foot wall that was right here where the plastic is actually hanging at right now. I, I didn't see that. I, I didn't see the drop ceilings that made this room a little shorter. I, I didn't see that. I, I didn't see any of those things. I, I, didn't see, I didn't see that we got some walls that need to be pushed out over here. I, I didn't see that we need to build a lobby experience back there in the back so we can create some division as people are walking in so they can have an experience before they walk into the... I didn't see any of that before, but the Lord began to download a vision, a blueprint for what was going to be necessary to build in this church. And so we begin to, we begin to look at it. We begin to figure out what we needed to do. And you should have saw me. You know your pastor. If you guys have been past pastor, uh, uh, follow me for any amount of time. You know, I don't lack in vision. I'm a visionary. I love speaking about vision. I love pouring vision. I love chasing after vision. Matter of fact, I'm standing in vision right this moment. Don't you get me started. I'm looking at walls that I vision, uh, uh, that God gave me vision for. I'm looking at rooms that God gave me vision for. I'm looking at things in this room. I'm looking at drop ceilings that were taken out so that we could create more space above us because this is what vision looks like. And as God began to give me the vision, he began to show me some things that were very important. He, he, he gave me a blueprint because everybody's got to be on the same page on, on one accord. And so the blueprint was developed so that we can all see what needed to be done. We had to, we had to find a contractor. We had to find electricians. We had to find uh, tech people that would be able to install all the technical stuff. We had, to find, we had to find a lot of different people. We had to find painters and people who can do decor. And I mean, there's a whole lot that goes into creating vision for this house that we're coming into. And so I got it all written out, and it's beautiful, and it was exciting. Y'all saw me posting. I know y'all getting tired of seeing me post about this little baby church, but I don't care because this is the church that the Lord has told us to build, and I'm excited about what he told us to do. So, 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 so I, know, I know you saw the blueprint. I posted about once a week so you guys can see it because I need to make sure that we show the vision. The Bible says that write the vision and make it plain so they that read it can run with it. That's 
That's what Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 says. So I need to make sure we see it and we make it plain. And then once we got the vision on paper, the next step, the next step, the very first step, before we did anything that I envisioned, before we could make it nice and pretty the way I wanted to make it, before we could add all the beautiful stuff and the paint and, and the decor and all the things that I saw as I envisioned the finished product, I started learning some things about construction that changed my perspective about construction in general. So I found out that before we could build anything, we first have to tear down the old. Oh, this is good. See, we, we couldn't build in this space right now. What, what you see around you is not junk. This is demo work. This is demolition. This is them tearing out the old so that we can make room for what is new. This is them tearing down a 40-foot, 42-foot wall so that we can push it back 12 to 15 feet so that we can create stage and experience so people can come in this room and actually have an altar where they can come down to and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. We believe in laying on of hands in this church. We believe in responding to altar calls, and we believe in seeing people say yes to Jesus. And so, so this room had to, be, had to be torn apart. And, and I, I, I would love to say... I kind of knew what to expect. I would love to say that when I showed up with the contractors, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we going to knock that little thing right there down. We're going to push that down. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to tear the ceilings out. That should be pretty easy, right? Like, uh, Pastor, uh, so... Um, they begin to explain to me. I mean, they, you know, they, they were a little nervous as they were, you know, guaranteeing me what could happen. They didn't want to guarantee anything because, you know, these drop ceilings were down a, a, another two feet from where you see now. And we didn't see this open, beautiful ceiling that you're seeing now uh, that's being constructed. It's going to be even more beautiful when we're finished. But right now, even what we see, we couldn't see because the drop ceilings were there. And the first thing we start on is demo, a, a, a demo on the drop ceilings, uh, the drop ceilings, the two-foot drop ceilings, and, and, and I just was perplexed at how much went into tearing this stuff out of the ceiling. I had no idea that demolition required so much work in order to prepare it for what was going to be done. I had no idea that re the removal of everything was going to require so much thought and prep before we could even tear it down before we could get the old stuff out. See, before we go under construction, we're starting at the ground level. And that means that we need to do internal demolition work. There's some internal things that need to be worked on before God can do what he needs to do externally. You see, he's going to create something new on the inside so that we can actually function here on the outside. You with me today? Are y'all with me? Somebody with me? Give me a good amen in here. All right. All right. So, so, so God is doing some things in all of us, and it is a scary thing to receive what God has for you and not be ready for it internally. Oh, God forbid he blesses you with what you're asking him to give you and you mess it up and blow it because you haven't done the internal work. Oh, this is some good stuff. The counselor wants to preach right now. You see, this is why therapy is so important. This is why the Bible says that there's safety found in a multitude of counsel because if you get what God called you to get and you don't do the trauma work and you don't do the leg work and you don't do the back history work and you don't deal with the generational curses and you don't start looking at the stuff that's been on the inside that's buried inside of you, what's in you could actually destroy what's coming to you. Oh, 
And what you don't want to do is you don't want to destroy the beautiful future and destiny that God has planned for you because you haven't done internal demolition work. So today, I want to talk a little bit about some of the demolition that you need to do internally based on what I saw happen in this room physically. Are you ready? You're ready to take some notes. This is fresh rhema right here. God gave me this today. I hope you're ready to receive it. God's got something for you. Get your pen ready. Here's the first point. Number one, when you first start construction, when we first started construction here, we had to start with internal demolition first because the new vision, listen to this, write this down. The new vision would not fit in the old version of the building. The new vision that God has for your life will not fit in the old version of who you were. Let me, give, let me help you out. The software update that he has won't work on the device that you have. Let me help you. Your iPhone 12, it can't function like the iPhone 14 because the iPhone 14 is actually physically made to carry some features that iPhone 12 doesn't actually have the ability to produce. See, your software has to match your hardware. This is good. You got to make sure that what God is doing on the inside matches what he's about to do on the outside. Can we all get excited about the fact that God wants to do something great in your life? Let me just speak to your spiritual self-esteem real quick. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and he ordained you and he made some things for you. Before your mama ever thought about you, before your father ever decided to, to impregnate your mother, I need you to understand that God had already created you in the heavens above and he designed you for specific purpose here on the earth and I need you to understand that there is something big for you to do I don't care what arena you work in I don't care if you're called to physical ministry I don't care if you're called to marketplace ministry I don't care if you don't feel like you're called to ministry at all there is something that God placed you in this earth to accomplish and he is going to do it inside of you and he's going to do it through you and it is your responsibility to get your internal demolition work done so that you don't jeopardize it we cannot blow. My God, think about everything you've been through in life already. I, 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 got, some, I got some survivors that are watching this screen right now. I got some, some survivors that are in this room right now. I got some survivors that, that are listening to the podcast right now that will say, Pastor, I've been through hell and high water. I have survived rape. I have survived abuse. I have survived abandonment. I have survived a, a broken relationship. I have survived being confused about my sexuality. I have survived so many things in my life. And I did not say yes to Jesus. And I did not sign up to, say, uh, to, to step into my walk and to understand my destiny to give up right now it is this is bigger than just you just having your soul saved God wants you to prosper in the gift and the calling that he placed on you no matter what arena you're in he wants to do something through you can I get a good amen right there yeah so I don't need anyone having spiritual low self-esteem in the room you need some God esteem because God put something inside of you that he wants to get out of you and so if that's true there's some things that you got to do internal demo on number one you got to remove, you got to remove the old. You got to remove what is old. This was the first step when we came into this room. You see the ceilings right now, they're decently high. I would love for them to be higher, but God has given us a great building, and I'm, I'm happy with what he's given us the ability to do. But I want you to understand 
that even though these, these ceilings are where they are now, they didn't start this way. The ceilings were actually about two and a half feet, maybe two feet lower than where they were right now. And, and, and we knew that in order for the vision to be fulfilled, we had to attack what was above our heads first before anything. Oh, this is good right here. This is good because, see, see, sometimes we have a cap on ourselves and there are invisible ceilings that have capped us at a certain height in our lives mentally and spiritually that, that we have not been able to get past. There's some stinking thinking that you have been living underneath the ceiling of. There's some stuff in your life that you haven't been able to get past that sits over your, the top of your head. And it keeps you from rising up to the person, up to the height, up to the anointing, up to the opportunity the way that you're supposed to. Because you haven't done the internal work necessary for the ceiling to be removed. See, there are glass ceilings all around us that, that we limit ourselves with to say that I can't do that. I'd never be able to have that. I'd never be able to have a relationship like that. I'd never be able to, to be able to bless other people like that. I want to bless people like Oprah bless people. You get a car and you get a car. I want to give a car, Lord, but I don't know if he could ever do something like that with me, man. You know, I'm, I'm just from the streets of Dallas. You know, who why would God bless somebody like me to do something like that? I don't even dream about stuff like that because I don't think he want to use anybody like that. How in the world could God use Oprah from everything that she's come through and not think about using you? You've got to destroy the glass ceilings that sit over the top of your mind and over your life because God wants to bless you and he wants to use you as a conduit to get blessings to other people. And until you get your heads up in the clouds, you won't be close enough to heaven to hear God's plan for you life destroy the glass ceilings we had to take the glass ceiling we had to remove the drop ceilings above our heads so that we could go higher oh touch somebody and say let's go higher yeah yeah somebody right higher in the chat right there elevate your mind let's go higher it's time to go higher in the way you think. It's time to go higher in the way you perceive. It's time to go higher in the way you see life. It's time to go higher about the friends that you choose. It's time to go higher about the career that you think you can't have. It's time to go higher with the education that you think you can't pursue because you're too old to do it. It's time to go higher in everything you've limited yourself that you put a, a ceiling that is too low over the top of your head. I rebuke every ceiling that you sit under spiritually, mentally, and physically. I rebuke every voice that's ever spoken to you that limited you, that made you feel like you could not do it, that you could not be it, that you could not think it, that you could not accomplish it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, right now that you're removing the ceilings that keep us from seeing the possibilities of the high place that you want your children to live in, that you want your children to dwell in. You see, there is limitations that we had to remove from over the top of our heads because I couldn't hang speakers in this room and have them come from the ceiling. They would be too low and they would ruin the worship experience for the type of vision that we had for the room. You see, what worked for one season may not work for the next. Oh, this is good. See, God, ooh, God is trying to get one of you. Where are you at? Yeah, right there. God is trying to get you right there. You watching. He's trying to get you to renegotiate 
the, the great things that you thought were in store for your life, God says greater things shall I do through you. Greater works shall I accomplish. Greatness is in you. And if you can remove the block that you have set on yourself to limit where God wants to take you, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has in store for those who believe in him. Only believe and God will do the impossible. It reminds me of my, my, my wife's father. We love him, man. Let me tell you, we love, we love, we love us some, some, some granddaddy. He, he's, he's such a great grandfather, great, 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 great uh, husband. I'm sorry, not great husband, great, great father to my wife. And, uh, you know, he, he had this flip phone for a really long time in his life. He had this flip phone. And, 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 and we were trying to talk him into the fact that, you know, if you, if you want to email us, you know, you want to send pictures and videos, yeah, right? He's like, well, how, how do I do it on my flip phone? And, and we were like, well, you, you can't do that on that device, sir. It's just not going to work. It's just not. He said, well, well I, I like my flip phone. I know how to move it. I know how to function. I know how to do everything in it. And, and so one Christmas, we decided to buy him a, a BlackBerry. I'm, I'm dating it. BlackBerry 2, the second one. It was, you know, that's. That's a snazzy device right there. I mean, if you, if you lived in the era of BlackBerry, come on, uh, uh, that thing was really nice. And it was fancy, and it was, it, was, it was one of those newer devices. And so we sent it to him, and we were so excited that he got something new, and he'd be able to communicate with us. He'd be able to email. He'd be able to send videos. He'd be able to receive videos of the grandbabies now. And, and y'all know what he did? He asked for his old phone back. He said, can I, I, I don't know how to work this thing. We, we, try, we sent tutorials. We tried to show him how to use it. And he just didn't want to change the device because he had gotten used to using the device that he had. Even though it was old, it still made him comfortable because the functionality of it was something that he had been using for so long. And I get afraid sometimes when it comes to the destiny that is on all of our lives that some of us may be so comfortable at a certain level in life that God wants to take us higher, but we refuse to upgrade to the new thing that he wants to give us and fear that, we'll, that we won't be able to use what he gives us. Oh, and, and, and the spirit of fear will come over us to keep us from saying yes to the new thing that he wants to bring in our lives. Some of us are stuck in old relationships and old habits and old jobs and old careers that we just refuse to have faith and instead we stay in them locked in in fear instead of faith. Oh, what would have happened if we would have froze our feet and stayed in the city of Dallas when God gave us a revelation about coming to the city of Tampa to start a church called Courageous Church? Oh, what kind of fear would have happened? What would have happened if we had allowed fear to stop us and lock us up when the pandemic hit a month after we declared we were launching a church that fall? Oh, what type of fear would have come over us to stop us from building what God called us to build when everybody else says we were in a recession? Session are headed towards a recession and we did 60k in 60 days and watch God do 100k in 60 days 
It is about faith and stepping out into the unknown. See, this is one of those Genesis chapter 12 moments where God speaks to Abram before his name is Abraham. And he says, if you will leave and move your feet to a location that I told you to go to, when you get set and your feet get in the place that I told you to go to, because some of you don't understand that the blessing that God has for your life and the removal of the ceiling is actually you actually changing locations and moving your feet from one place to the next. And when you get your feet planted in the place that God has for you, you're going to see things open up that you've never seen before. You're going to see ceilings removed that that you've been praying about for years. You just got to get in the right location. My goodness gracious, somebody write location in the chat right there. Somebody say location in the room. Location is important. Number two, you ready? After we remove what is old, we got to Preserve what's still usable. (laughs) I like it. When we were tearing these ceilings out, I was amazed at the stuff that could be reused, reconditioned, recycled, sent to the steel house, melted down, transformed into something else. I was blown away by, by the grids that were up above the ceiling that once they got them out, someone was happy to show up to take those metal grids to the steel yard so that they could turn them in for more money. I was blown away by the lights that were hanging above the ceilings that were cut out and carefully put away for future use at a later time. I was blown away by, 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 by the pieces that were in the ceiling that were still usable once we got it down that were stacked away neatly in the garage or in in the warehouse to be put back in or used at a later time or someone else can use them for their drop ceilings at another time. You see, not everything that's happened in your life was there to destroy you. Oh, this is good. The building had good bones. That's what my contractor told me. He said, This isn't a bad place, Pastor Green. There's some good bones in this place. We we could do something with this structure here. This place is well insulated, Pastor. We could do something. This place could stand some construction and still be sturdy. This place has good beams and support across the top. This, This place has got a good thing going. Not all of it needs to be demoed. See, you gotta pray and ask God what needs to go And what needs to stay? Because not everything in your life needs to go. Most of the framework was in great shape. Not everything that happened in your past was a wash. See, because Romans 8 and 28 says that all things work together for the good to them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So that tells me that even bad things that happened in my life are still working together for my good. You see, if I hadn't gone through some bad times in my childhood, if I hadn't gone through some tough times in my childhood, then I wouldn't be so so strong and ferocious and fearless like I am now when bad times look like they're coming. I say to myself, oh, I've seen that before, and I know how to whoop that devil. I'm not scared of eating Roman noodles five days a week and finding something different to put up in them bad boys and making it some gourmet experience every night. Hello, somebody. I'm not scared. I know how to chop up the onions and the bell peppers and, and the lunch meat that's, that's a dollar and chop that up and put it in the experience and, hey, make it something 
amazing. I know how to use some leftover uh, 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 rotisserie chicken and mix it in with the, with the noodles and make it amazing. I, I, I know how to do it. I, I know how to do it. I know how to make it real soupy and watery if I ever get sick and make it a replacement for chicken noodle soup. Hello, somebody. You can't tell me what I can't do with a 22 cents pack of ramen noodles. Somebody say amen. All my college, all my college students ought to be shouting me down right now because that is a wonderful meal that you can experience at the delight of your wonderful imagination. But I'm not scared when I have to shop and spend less because I've seen this season before. And because I didn't throw away my experiences from my childhood, I let them make me stronger. I let them make me wiser. I let them give me foundation. And I let them remove the fear of that moment ever coming in my life again. And so you got to be careful when you're looking at doing demo in your life. You got to figure out what needs to go and what needs to say, what needs to stay. Because not all things are to be thrown away. It teaches you some things. It helps you some, with some ways. You know, I remember when I was younger, I, I had to be about my son's age. My son is 11 right now, going on 12. He, he likes to remind us he's closer to 12 than he is closer to 11. So he's 11 and three quarters right now, and he's going on 12 soon. And so I remember when I was 12 years old, I worked for this program called the Junior Sales Club of Texas. It's the Junior Sales Club of Texas, and the Junior Sales Club of Texas was a program that was set up for young men and young women that were from tough areas, and, 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 and they made us sell candy out of boxes. Y'all heard me tell this story a little bit before. I, I, they would drop us off in rich neighborhoods, and we would take little green bins about this big, filled with all types of overpriced candies and peanut brittles and, and peanut clusters and gummy bears and canisters and stuff that you would pay 90 99 cent for at the 99 cent store, but we would sell it to you for $6.50. And what would sell the item was not the item itself. They taught us how to sell ourselves. So when I would come to a door, I would come with, with the thing and I would knock at the door. And the first thing I would say is, hi, my name is Ontario Green. I'm from the Junior Sales Club of Texas. It's a program to keep young men like me out of trouble and out of alcohol and out of gangs. And it's teaching me how to be a salesman. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. Oh, my God. What do you have? I'm so happy. Could you give me 60 seconds to just show you a couple of things in my wonderful bin? If you don't like them, I don't worry. I'll take my things. I'll go my other way. Just give me 60 seconds. Is that okay? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Watch this, honey. Come here. Come here. Watch this young man. I started making my pitch, and I started selling my stuff, and I started telling them we got yummy, yummy gummy bears and the cute little canisters. It's so wonderful. When you finish with the gummy bears, you can use the canisters for anything you'd like to. We have old-fashioned peanut brittle guaranteed not to harm your pearly whites. We've got yummy, yummy. We, we've got, we've got. We got caramel peanut clusters guaranteed not to bite you back. If they bite you, I promise you, you can bite them back. I mean, I had a slogan for everything in my box, and I could do it in 60 seconds, and I was one of the best salesmen in the program. I kid you not. I had trophies in the program. They had, program, they had trophies in the program. I had the 60 sales in one day, the 70 sales in one day, 80 sales in one day, 90 sales in one day. I never broke the 100 sales in one day, and I'd go home loaded, y'all. I'd be buying joy. Jordan's on the way to the crib. They had us all in a, in a bus. Everybody else back there mad because they only made $40, $50. I made $260 because I had $100 in tips because I was that good at what I did. Well, I was so good at selling candy that they nicknamed an area in Dallas, Ontarioville.
Bellevue. I kid you not, my wife is in the room right now. My right hand to God, when we first moved back to Dallas, my wonderful wife and I went to Ontarioville, and I was showing her around, and we saw two boys carrying a bin, working for the same person that I worked for when I was there. And I asked the boys, I said, excuse me, young men, I'm going to buy something from you, and I'm going to give you a tip, but tell me what's the name of this area. What do you call this area? And I kid you not, they said, this is Ontarioville. You know why? Because the Junior Sales Club of Texas showed me how to sell the unsellable. And who would have ever known that that would translate into my adulthood, that I would be selling something that's hard to see like Jesus. Oh! That I, that I would have to get up on every Sunday and convince people to say yes to a Jesus that they cannot see, to say yes to a Savior that they did not see lay his life down. And because of the training that I received when I was younger in hard times, because I had to sell candy in order to buy my clothes, in order to buy the things that I wanted to do. And it was hard times, and you could dismiss that and say that it was rubbish and should have been demolished. And, oh, that's a traumatic experience. You had to do so much as a 12-year-old boy. I'm so sorry for you. I feel so sorry. Don't feel sorry for me, boo. It made me who I am today because all things work together for the good to them who love God. And now today I'm selling something that you cannot see because God taught me how to sell things that were impossible in my childhood. Somebody in this room or somebody that's watching right now, I need you to change your perspective about what you've been through and realize that God gave you that experience not to kill you, but to make you stronger, but to help you stand on your own two feet but to know that he can have your back when everybody else leaves you and to know that he's got you. And no matter what the enemy tried to do for your bad, God meant it for your good. Somebody say amen. amen. And my last point, I'm closing. Sheesh. My goodness gracious. Last point is, it's going to get messy when you do demo work. First day I came in for demo, I didn't know what to expect. But I started walking around the room, and these dudes were like, hey, hey, huh, I mean, they were like Hulk slamming pink stuff everywhere. There was dust and particles, and I was coughing on stuff in the air. They gave me a mask to put on because particles were coming out of the ceiling, and they were ripping uh, pieces down. Some of the pieces were broken as they were trying to get them down out of the ceiling uh, because when you do demo work, it gets a little messy sometimes. The precautions taken before and during the demo in the space was something that I didn't understand until I saw the demo. They plasticked everything. Everything was covered in plastic. All the electronics and everything around. You see some plastic now. It's just around. But it was around everything. I'm like, why so much plastic? Okay. All right. Well, praise the Lord. You know, we're keeping it nice and neat. When I saw that stuff hit the ground and I saw how much dust accumulated on the ground, I felt like I was walking on the moon and I was putting feet in white stuff everywhere. I mean, my feet prints were everywhere on the floor and I started getting a little nervous. I was like, are we going to be able to clean this stuff up by Friday, Saturday? This is crazy. There's a lot of dust and there's a lot of mess and I'm nervous. And they told me, don't worry, Pastor, this is what demo does. This is what we do when we do demo. It gets dirty before it gets clean. Jeez. Before God can do what he wants to do in your life, before he can take you under construction and redo everything that he has for you, there's some things 
that he's got to do in your life. And, and, and he's got to destroy some things that are keeping you from being the person that you're supposed to be. He's, he's dealing with things. He's, he's, he's doing some stuff. He, see, when we came in the room, we had to do demo on two big things. We had to do the ceiling, which is big. And then right behind me, you're seeing the manifestation of something that we envisioned. But where you see this plastic here, this was actually a 42-foot wall from end to end. And this 42-foot wall was made of concrete and wood. And so for them to get that concrete wall out, they had to bring out the big machines. I mean, they brought out like concrete saws. I don't know what you call it. I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying that right. But I mean, they had to bring out the big guns in order to demo what was, what was needed to be done because sometimes it, it requires a little bit more work and when the big work comes along that God is trying to do, sometimes it gets a little messy and what I mean by messy is that sometimes there will be some things in your old life that will be hard to walk away from. Guys, give me those, give me those pillars, give, give me those, put, put those right here in the front. Right there in the front for me, yeah. Let me see that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, yeah. There, there's going to be some big things in your life. Thank you. There's going to put them out just a little bit, about a foot out that way, just a foot right there. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be some big things that God's going to challenge us all when he's doing demo work on us, getting us ready for what's under construction because the plan that he has for us is so beautiful, it's so amazing, it's so incredible, that he's just got to help us to separate from that which is old. And sometimes it's not good enough just to walk away from it, Michael. Sometimes you got to destroy it so you won't come back. You see, there was a woman once at a well who met Jesus. She came carrying these pots and she was, you know, she was fronting, acting like she was coming for water, but she was really coming for men, you know, because Jesus called her out. She's like, you got seven husbands and one dude that you're with. Now it's not your husband. And I mean, he was messing her up, showing all her business. And she was like, oh, Lord, Jesus, he put my business on blast. Why you got to do me like this, Jesus? He was like, ain't nobody here but me and you, girl. Just be honest and be real. See, this is what happens. See, some of us can't be real with God even when we're by ourselves because we've been so, we've been taught so well to fake and to be phony and not be real. And God is looking at that fake thing that you're holding in your hands that you're making it about and you say it's that but really God says it's your heart and your heart needs to be redone and your heart is wicked and your heart has some things in it that needs to come out and I need to destroy that thing in your hands so you don't run back to that saying that this is my reason why you can't come back and the Bible says that when he spoke to her he changed her life and he changed her mind and the Bible says she went back to the city but before she went back to the city the Bible says that she destroyed her pot. She leaves the pot. And what happens is, is when you leave something, sometimes it's not good enough to just let it stay the way it is. You see, this was the messiest part of the experience in the room. They had to get a huge dumpster outside because it got real messy in here, y'all. I mean, there was salt, there was dust and particles and all kinds of stuff in order to get this beautiful room that you're going to see 
our stage sit in soon. Everything you see behind you, it's beauty compared to the beast that was there before it. And in order for them to get that wall out, they actually had to do more effort than just say, I'm done with it. They had to do more effort than just say, I'm walking away from it. They actually had to do the work to demo and destroy what was trying to stop us from building the kingdom. Can I ask you a question? What's trying to stop you from building yourself into the person God called you to be? What is it that you need to demo before God can do what he needs to do in your life towards your destiny? Demo actually equals destiny. And some of you need to just downright get crazy. I remember when I got saved, I was 15. I was radically saved as a 15-year-old. Holy Spirit came inside of me the night I got saved. I went home, started throwing away stuff, started throwing stuff in my, in my dumpster in the house. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 homie. Get that stuff out of your trash can in your house. Take that bag all the way to the dumpster because that stuff needs to be destroyed so you'll never come back to it again. And I don't want you going into the trash trying to find what you threw away once. And God will do some things that will utterly separate you from that which is trying to stop you from your destiny. And sometimes he'll bring some things into your life and he'll say, you know what? I need to do something radical. And I needed to do some radical stuff in my life. So the first thing God challenged me with was changing my friend's circle because I couldn't hang around the same people and expect to be the new person God called me to be. So he says, I need you to, I need you to, I need you to, I need you to destroy some things in your life that are coming after your destiny. And until you get radical enough to do the unthinkable, God can't do the impossible. And it takes you doing the first thing first. And when God does his part and you do your part, then your destiny can happen and God is waiting God is watching your destiny is waiting your destiny is watching to see if you're willing to do what is necessary to demo what's trying to destroy your life heads bowed eyes closed I feel the Holy Spirit in the room Wow. Sheesh. Holy Spirit. What is it? My God. Whew. Holy Spirit. What is it in my life that I need to demo, that I need to utterly destroy, that's keeping me from my destiny? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us right now? My brothers and sisters that are watching, that are leaning in right now, you're convicting them about some stuff that they need to tear apart. There are some invisible ceilings that they need to utterly destroy. There are some invisible walls that they box themselves in with that they need to tear down. And I thank you, just like the children of Israel marched around the Jericho walls. I thank you that it wasn't by power nor by might, but it was by your spirit that you caused the walls of Jericho to fall. And the children of Israel 
to step into their destiny. Lord, I thank you that in this next season of what you've called us to as we're under construction, that we will win, not by power, not by might, but by the Holy Spirit taking a spiritual sledgehammer to everything that is trying to stop us from being who you called us to be. I thank you right now. You got that thing in your head. You got that thing in your heart. You see it. You see it. You know it's that attitude. It's that anger. It's that bitterness. It's that resentment. It's that unforgiveness. Whatever that thing is that's keeping you from, my God, I feel you, Holy Ghost. Whatever that thing is, whatever habit it is, whatever thing it might be, whatever stumbling block it may be, whatever whatever snare the enemy has got you in, whatever chokehold the enemy keeps you hostage in, whatever keeps you from raising Raising your hands when you listen to worship music. Yeah, I'm coming for you today. Whatever keeps you from reaching for God when you start reaching for bottles. Whatever keeps you from, from, from saying yes to Jesus and staying, instead of saying yes to the dope man. Whatever keeps you from, from leaning into who God called you to be. Whatever that might be that keeps you from giving yourself up to every person and everything that comes your way. Because your self-esteem is low and you don't understand who God called you to be. Because you haven't fallen in love with the picture of the destiny that he has for you whatever he has to do like right now I pray in the name of Jesus that you're breaking strongholds over our lives that would keep us from being who you want us to be today is demolition day Lord we declare that everything that needs to come down we call it down in Jesus name everything that needs to be broken we break it in Jesus name everything that stops us every yoke that tries to hold us back Every sin that so easily befalls us, every weight that keeps us from being who you called us to be and from running the race that you called us to run. Father, we speak to those things right now and we declare, Holy Spirit, that you have permission to do demolition work on the inside right now. In the name of Jesus. Stay right there. I just feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving in this room and on the lines right now. As you're watching YouTube, as you're watching us online, as you're listening to this podcast, I just feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving. He's scrubbing through you right now. That's his job. That's his job. I know you feel funny. That's conviction. That's a good thing. That's conviction. It's coming right now on your heart and in your mind, and it's telling you what you need to cut yourself free from. It's telling you what you need to take the sledgehammer to. It's telling you what you need to demo so that you can step into your destiny. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every person under the sound of my voice would have the ability and the strength and the power to just say yes to your will and yes to your way. And I thank you for the scripture that we started with, which is 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, that therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Remove the old, Father, so that we can be ready for the new. There's a new me coming on the horizon. There's a new life. There's a new destiny. There's a new future. There's a new career. There's a new relationship. There's a new perspective. There's a new thing that you're going to do. Father, you said you're going to do a new thing in us. And Father, we give you permission right now. Have your way. Do what's new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you agree agree with that, write amen in the chat right there. Come on. Somebody say amen. Come on. If you're in this room, somebody say amen where they can hear you. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at CourageousChurch.online. Courageous Church. 
Courageous people.